Hi, this is Yaro Stark, and welcome to another Entrepreneur's Journey podcast. Now, today on the call with me, I have a guest who uh, I feel a little bit of affinity to because it's uh, about a person who's involved with a business that's connected with my two favorite countries, uh, Canada and Australia. And uh, it's obviously an internet business. So uh, without further ado, I'd like to welcome Matt. I'm going to screw this up, Matt. So you should say your last name. <laughs> Mitskevich. Mitskevich. Okay, Matt Mitskevich. I can do that. Uh, from now on, you'll be called Matt. And uh, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. So Matt, normally I like to start these uh, with a little bit of a background study, but I, I'd like to just set the scene briefly first so we know what we're talking about. Uh, Matt's the founder or the co-founder of, of SitePoint, and that's a site that I was, uh, well, I, I'm a little bit resident, uh, resident. I don't want to say this on, on the call, but I will. I think your site was one of the first that I actually went to and, and did a bit of a, I won't call it spam, but I was marketing uh, with, you know, putting a few articles on your, your forum there. and. You know, I was contributing to the community, but there was a purpose behind it was to get some exposure from my writing back to my blog, of course, but I'm sure that's not uncommon. And uh, Matt's also the founder of uh, 99designs, which I had recently just used for the first time, so that was a great experience, and we can talk more about that in the future. But long story short, Matt's got some great big success stories on the internet, and you're, are you still under 25? Um, 27 as of yesterday. Okay. Well, you're not old yet, so <laughs> happy birthday for that. <laughs> Thank you. So how did this all begin, Matt? I, I'm assuming you've got some technical background, but did you go to university for this? No, I never did. I actually got started when I was very young, when I was in high school, 14, 15, 16 years old, actually. Um, I was basically learning to build websites as a hobby back in 1997, 1998. And I was finding that to do a great deal of research and a great deal of legwork to find all the information and tools and resources that I needed to get the job done. So I thought to myself, if I'm having all these problems, I'm sure there must be hundreds or thousands of other people exactly like me. So what I basically started doing was compiling everything useful that I was learning. I put it online as a website called webmaster-resources.com. And that website went live on April 1st, 1998. And uh, that date is actually quite meaningful to me because that's the date that the price of a two-year domain name registration dropped from $100 for two years to $70 for two years. Back in 1998, we didn't have GoDaddy, we didn't have Enom. It was network solutions all the way and that $30 price difference made all the difference in the world to me. So I strategically waited for the price drop before purchasing my first ever domain name and launching the website. Um, I was very fortunate in my timing because uh, Literally within weeks and months of launching, I got some major media publicity through USA Today and LA Times and Washington Post, and it sort of spiraled up from there. Okay, so why did they care about this website of yours? Um, it was basically one of the only decent places on the internet to learn about web design and web development and SEO and about all these other topics. So in 1998, 1999, the internet industry was heating up, all these companies were going public and people were just scrambling for information about you know, how do I build a website, how do I get started in this web development industry, how do I learn you know, PHP or HTML or what have you and I quickly became one of the go-to places for that. So I'm doing the math, that must be 12 years ago now, so that makes you 20, well, 27 now and puts you at 15. So you, That's right. you couldn't afford $100 or 15 but you could manage 70 
So. But uh, when I turned 16, I buy BMW with cash. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so it was a very quick upward ride. <laughs> that is ridiculous. So what happened during that year? How did you go from struggling to get $100 to buying a BMW at 16, which is just wrong? So how did that Basically, happen? Basically, after the first uh, couple of months, um, the traffic and the publicity for the site grew and grew and grew. And eventually, people just started calling me up and saying, you know, I have $10,000. Can I buy a banner ad on your site? Can I sponsor your newsletter? Can I sponsor your forums? So while attending high school, I got myself a cell phone. And during my lunch hour, I would hang out at the local Starbucks and basically take advertising orders. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't really a sales job so much as an order-taking job. Um, and often come back to, you know, third period, five or $10,000 richer. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. So what was the traffic like in order to justify such a high fee on, on the advertising? Well, the CPM rates were absolutely ridiculously through the roof. Back in 1999, all the uh, internet companies, which were VC funded, obviously, were judged on their burn rate. So the more money you spent and the more money you lost, the higher you'd be valued and the more successful you would eventually be. Or that was the theory at least. <laughs> that's a flawed theory if you say it like that, that's for sure. Exactly. So you, you were a bit in the right place at the right time in, in that Absolutely. sense. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. That's amazing. Now, I'm assuming your technical background is all self-taught, as you said. So you know, you put the website up yourself. Uh, I'm assuming you're sitting at home in your, your bedroom doing all this work. Is that right? Exactly. Okay. That's amazing. So. Uh, what was the the BMW you bought, by the way? I'm just curious. I was just a 323 BMW. Okay, so you're driving yeah. to school at 16, and you're in your Beamer. Nice. That's right. <laughs> so, fast forward from 16 onwards, what happened next? Uh, through running the website, I met um, a guy in Melbourne, Australia, by the name of Mark Harbottle. He was the marketing manager and one of the first employees at Sausage Software, which made an HTML editor called Hot Dog. Um, so he was the marketing manager for the software and obviously I had this large website, a lot of webmasters coming to my uh, web property. So we met through email basically. And uh, at some point I was basically getting a little bit overwhelmed and stressed out by how quickly the business had grown. I had UPS and FedEx showing up on my door literally every day with, you know, books to review and software to review and all this stuff. People started flying me out for conferences and whatnot. Um, so basically, I decided that if I was going to, I had two choices, basically, to sell the website for a pretty substantial amount of money or to find someone who could help me take it to the next level. Um, and Mark, at the same time, was looking to leave Sausage Software and you know, be his own boss. So needs sort of aligned at that point in time. And we decided to team up and uh, basically go 50-50 on the business and see where we could take it. Now, you must have really liked the guy because you had a successful business and for you to give half of it to him, you know, that's a fairly big deal, right? I mean, he was coming from a job. So, you know, what, what was the, what, was this love at first email conversation or how did this work? <laughs> um, basically, I just thought it could be a much, much bigger business and uh, if I had someone else to help me, someone who could dedicate, you know, a lot of time to it, a lot of effort into it, that they would, I would get it would get dividends many times over. Right, but he's in Melbourne. Um, I mean, did you not think you want right. to get someone in Vancouver? Or um, it never occurred to me. So <laughs> in the fall of that, in the fall of 1999, I flew down to Melbourne, Australia, met Mark for the first time, shook hands, spent a couple of weeks of planning, and I flew home. Um, and then the result of that was we launched SitePoint about six months later in 
March of 2000. So why did you decide to change the name and, and move with a different brand? Um, basically what happened is Windows Magazine, which at the time had a million subscribers, wrote a full-page article about Webmaster Resources. So a full-page article, editorial piece in a magazine of this size is probably worth a quarter million dollars in free publicity or what have you. Um, except that they left out the hyphen in the domain name. Oh, <laughs> dope. So that was my first uh, lesson in branding and online naming. So we sort of knew if we couldn't own the domain name without the hyphen, that we'd have to pick something else. And we decided on SitePoint. Okay, interesting. Now, I'm just curious, before we continue the story, for your site to be of such considerable value to so many people, you must have had a lot of updates going all the time. Were you, until you brought on uh, your partner, uh, Mark, did you write all the content yourself? Were you keeping up with that, like reviewing the books, reviewing the, the products, so forth? I was doing a lot of the writing by myself, writing the weekly newsletter. I think I wrote the first 400 issues of wow. the SitePoint Tribune email newsletter. But I also had guest contributors at that time who started coming and you know, contributing guest columns to get publicity and link backs to their website and whatnot. But I was doing a lot of it myself. I was basically, the homepage of the site at one point became basically a blog and I would write about what I was doing and what I was working on and what was coming up. So I had blog before blogs became fashionable, mm. in a sense, and I really personalized uh, the website. And you know, I could send an email newsletter and get back hundreds of emails back. People knew I would read and respond and whatnot. Uh, I, I'm. How did you keep up with that? I mean, I have trouble dealing with you know a handful of emails. I can't imagine how you dealt with a hundred. Uh, well, my friends were off at the beach or, you know, going on dates. I was uh, locked in the basement working nights away okay so like why <laughs> why was this your main motivation over all the typical things that you know uh, basically a high school student would want to do I mean go to the beach uh, you know hang out with girls why didn't you want to do that instead you wanted to work on your website I just loved it I thought it was so much fun I was making a good amount of money and um, it wasn't work to me it didn't yeah, feel okay. like work at all so ex explain then how you managed to I guess expand with two people living across other sides of the planet, because I know how far away Canada is from here, and different time zones, and you're looking to expand the business with a brand new brand. How did you do this? And you had cash flow. That was, I guess, the biggest plus side. So how did you spend that money? Yeah, we had that cash flow, and uh, basically about four months after we launched SitePoint, we opened our first office in Melbourne, Australia. So the summer of 2000, rather than being off at the beach like all my friends, I actually flew down to Melbourne, Australia, and we you know, found office space and hired our first couple of people um, to work for the business. What were they doing? Uh, web design and web development. Okay, so you guys are still focused on content creation and just had those guys helping out with the technical needs. Absolutely. So the business model from day one was to publish a lot of great content, get a lot of traffic, and make a lot of money selling advertising. And that worked really well right up until about 2001, when all these VC-backed companies who had been spending lots of money with us started going bankrupt. Mm -hmm. The dot-com um, crash. Exactly. So at that point, we had a bit of an oh shit moment, if you will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, all the VC money had dried up, so we couldn't go out to the market and raise money to fund the business. So we had to figure out another way to generate cash 
as quickly as possible to fund our office and to pay for staff and to pay ourselves and so on and so forth. So what we decided to do was have a close look at what people were doing on SitePoint.com. And turns out that one of the most popular links on the website was print this article, which actually makes a lot of sense. Back in 2001, no one had two monitors on their desk. So when they were learning to write HTML or CSS or what have you, they would print out our tutorials and have it sitting next to their keyboard so that they could follow along. Mm. So we came up with this theory that people would pay us for the privilege of printing out the content on their behalf. And the way we decided to test this was to find a print-on-demand company who could print off single-unit books. And we decided to start selling our most popular tutorial, which was on PHP and MySQL, as a print-on-demand book. So you have to keep in mind that all the content in this book was available freely online. People were paying purely for the convenience of having it printed and bound and shipped to them in a book form. Right. Um, and we aggressively marketed this book um, through all the unsold banner ad inventory that we had. And we ended up selling about 20,000 copies of that book. Uh, so that became our new business model, basically publishing printed products. Right. So that was, so. Uh, and that was the start of printing many books from that point forward? Exactly. I think we've done 50 or 60 books to date. Um, and a few years after we started doing these books, we also decided to go into retail in 2005 and started selling in Borders and Barnes and & Noble and Amazon.com as well. So increasing our distribution and reach. Okay, amazing. And I'm assuming your main revenue source is the books now. Would that be correct? Uh, now advertising is actually picking up quite a bit as well. And we have e-courses and PDF sales. So it's a lot more diversified now. Okay. So you're a fully-fledged company with multiple revenue streams and business models. And, and how many staff are now in the company? We have about 15, 20 people at SitePoint. Okay. And they're based in Melbourne? or? Yeah, primarily in Melbourne. And we have two people in San Francisco doing our advertising sales and account management. Okay. So they're sort of getting you the revenue from advertising because the American audience are, I presume, more the buyers of advertising. Absolutely. All right. So my connection with SidePoint, at least the first taste I got of it, was using the forum. But the next uh, main point of contact for me was actually the SidePoint marketplace where people would buy and sell websites. And this is prior to you launching Flippa. Now, how did that come about? Was that by chance or did people just start buying and selling websites and you decide to devote more focus to that area? What was the connection? Yeah, basically it just uh, evolved very naturally. People started buying and selling websites um, it started taking up a lot of moderation time and support time. And the volunteer moderators in our community basically said, this is getting a little bit too much. Um, you should really take over doing this job for us. So we're like, okay. So we started charging people basically 10 or $20 to post a for sale listing in our forums um, in vBulletin. And rather than killing off growth, it just spurred more and more growth in this uh, website sales marketplace. So after a while, we eventually decided that this forum thread f format of buying and selling websites wasn't the ideal situation. So we locked away a developer and a designer for a couple of weeks and had them build the very first uh, auction platform. Um, and at the same time, we doubled our listing fee and it continued to grow and grow and grow and evolve from there until at one point we decided that we need a separate brand for buying and selling websites. And that's what became Flippa. Okay, and that was recently because Flippa launched in what, last two years sometime? We just had our first uh, birthday a, few, yeah, a week ago. I thought so. Okay, that's fantastic. 
So you've got SitePoint running, which is basically a content site and a very large community forum and a very large newsletter base. So you've got quite a few subscribers. Uh, I think you have you broken half a million? We're over a million We're among over a million, our that's four incredible. five newsletters. Yep. Now it sounds like you had your newsletter from day one in terms of with back with the original uh, Webmaster Resources site. Did is that something you just naturally did or did someone tell you? Because like in my community, the internet marketing world, uh, you know, having a list is always considered the most important aspect of running your online business. And not everyone uh, will naturally do that until they're told to do it in some sort of study resources. But it sounds like you just added one. What was that? Was that conscious or you know, how important has your list been to the business over the years? It's been incredibly, incredibly, incredibly valuable. Um, I think it's probably one of our most highly prized assets, absolutely. And it's grown tremendously over a decade. The first issue of the SitePoint newsletter went out to 200 people. And now, like I said, we have five newsletters reaching over a million. So it's been an absolutely fantastic resource, both for getting people back to our site, as well as promoting our own products, the books that we publish, and now pushing uh, the messages of our advertisers and sponsors as well. Since we're on the topic, if you were speaking to a person who's just getting started in this game, what would be the number one or number two things you suggest they do for list building? Like, how do you get so many people onto a list? Well, back in 2000, 2001, it was actually quite easy because people were nearly as skeptical as they are now about giving away their email address and people were nearly as afraid of spam as they are now and there wasn't as much competition and uh, demand for attention. So best way to do it right now is to offer something of value in return, whether it's an ebook, a discount, a coupon, a report, a white paper, um, what have you. And this is what you do on SitePoint now. It's all some sort of incentivized offer to get on the list. Yeah, basically what happens is most of our opt-ins come through our book sample chapters. So people come to our site, they look at some of our book products, they decide that they want the first four chapters free of charge. They enter their email address, we send them the PDF, and uh, we also present them with an offer to opt into our additional newsletters for free content delivered every week. Mm -hmm. Okay, nice model. Very cool. So uh, Flippa took off well. Now tell me more about the idea with 99designs. That's quite, a, I guess, a step a little bit to the left of what you were doing beforehand. So how did that come about? It actually came out of the SitePoint forums as well. It was originally called uh, Photoshop Tennis. Basically, the designers would uh, create made-up fictional projects and compete against each other for fun, to practice their skills, to build their portfolio, and to interact with other designers from all around the world. So at one point, uh, some of the other members of our community saw this activity happening, and they came in, posted a forum thread, essentially saying, I'm launching a new blog next week, I need a new logo, and I'll give $100 to a designer like the best. So designers really jumped on this opportunity to not only make maybe $100, but also to get real feedback from a client and possible ongoing work from that client. So they probably gave this guy you know, 30 or 40 logo designs to choose from in a week. He was very happy and the designers were very happy. So it was a very win-win situation that we eventually caught on to and decided to create a business around. Which today is called 99designs, and I'm pretty sure yours was the first to follow this sort of reverse auction. Well, it's not really a reverse auction, but a, uh, um, an auction-style format for getting a design done where you can choose the best and, and pay a set fee. Now, 
that's become popular. I've seen quite a few imitators come into the market recently, but I think you guys still have the best brand around for, for the concept. Obviously, it's 99 designs. The idea is that you can get 99 designs or you know a lot of designs made and then choose the one you actually want, which is exactly what I did recently. I had a logo design through 99designs just to test out the service and see what came out. And it was great. I had uh, about 20, 25 people submit different designs and was able to choose the best one. And I think it cost uh, just around $250 to do that. So you can see that service, um, great way to get some sort of basic graphic work and you do everything from website design to WordPress theme design to um, advertising materials and so forth at that site. So that's worth checking out for everyone listening. So have I covered the entire portfolio of your businesses now, Matt? We've got 99designs, Flippa, the website auction marketplace, and of course SitePoint, which is a community around uh, web development, which has content as well as the forums. Is that what we're what you guys do on a day-to-day basis and you work on? That's exactly it. Okay, so that leads me to a question I'm quite curious. Uh, you know, you're a little older now, you're no longer a teenager, so you know, maybe you missed the boat on the, going to the beach and getting drunk and hanging out with girls thing because you're working on the websites. Um, it's progressed a bit further. What do you do nowadays on a day-to-day basis? Um, right now, I'm spending more than half of my time on 99designs, basically playing the role of VP of marketing and trying to scale up our customer acquisition efforts there. Okay, as in you're just trying to get more people coming to that website and using it? Absolutely, so 99designs has grown tremendously by word of mouth and now we're trying to take over, improve the user experience, encourage referrals as well as do more outbound marketing through SEO, pay-per-click, Facebook ads, media buying, uh, email marketing, so on and so forth. But what do you actually do? Uh, on a day-to-day basis, man. I'm curious. Like, is this? You live in Vancouver, one of the greatest cities in the world. So, you know, you, you get up. Are you? Are you? You're in, in your office, or you're at home, or how does? How do you live? Yeah, I walk over um, five feet from my bedroom towards my home office, where I have a beautiful view. Um, I get to work. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> simple as that, huh? And, and uh, you know, have you? I'm assuming you enjoy some financial success from all this beyond the BMW. Are you? Do you have interest in you know stocks and shares or you know virtual uh, or angel funding or buying property? What? How do you spend your time outside of work? I cashed out all my real estate a few years ago when I thought the market was going to melt down in Canada. Um, and fortunately, the U.S. the Canada has not followed the U.S. Um, in terms of the real estate downturn. Which is still absolutely mind-boggling to me, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I travel quite a bit. I do conferences and public speaking. Um, I collect wine. Some of my hobbies. Um, trying my goal this year is to take six vacations, as well. So I'm trying to not work as much or enjoy a little bit more of my uh, free time. It sounds like you enjoy your work a little too much, uh, as in it's hard to leave because you're just having so much fun. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. So I'm I'm just, one more question. I'm curious with the structure of your company now, with you sitting at home in your home office, the staff and your business partner all down in Melbourne, and then two guys in San Francisco doing the advertising selling. We actually did... have customer support for 99designs as well and some marketing functions for 99designs in San Francisco. Okay. So the office has uh, grown quite nicely over time. So I'm actually in San Francisco once a month for about a week. So that's one of my frequent trips. And why didn't you open that company or that branch in Vancouver since it would be 
kind of that would make sense to me. But just because you wanted the American office, um, for Nine Nine Designs, we most of our early customers were the tech startups. Um, those were our primary customers, and when we had really good word of mouth, so we wanted to fuel that by having a presence, going to all the conferences and networking events and meetups, as well many of our advertisers for SitePoint, such as Adobe and Microsoft, and their ad agencies are based out of San Francisco, so we thought it'd be really valuable and would give us a leg up over our competitors to have that physical real-world presence where you could get for lunch, mm. get together for lunch with the media planner and whatnot, Versus just having that email and phone relationship. Okay, I'm actually curious because this relates to the same subject of, of the growth of your company and having offices around the world. What are, what have you found has been the greatest challenge with managing this and going from a one person show to multiple offices, multiple staff, and and so forth? Um, it's really about having the right team in place. So we have a general managers in each of the three businesses: SitePoint, Ninety Nine Designs, and Flippa and both me and my business partners sort of uh, serve the role as chairman and advisory board members or sometimes we do deep dives into particular businesses and particular projects um, but we don't manage the day-to-day -day affairs uh, nearly as much as we used to a few years ago because it would be overwhelming. How have you found hiring especially when it was just you two initially hiring you know what was the, the key to finding good people? Um, Mark had some really good connections from his previous employment in Australia. So uh, the first couple of people that we hired, he had worked with previously or had known uh, for quite a long time. So um, it's very important that you get your first few people right because they set the tone for the rest of the company. And uh, when, you have, when you're a small team, there's not a lot of room for people who aren't pulling their weight. So the first couple of people are absolutely the most important and you should try and hire them via... You know, personal referral referrals or friendships or people that you've worked with in the past. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. All right, uh, Matt. I think I've covered everything. I've just got one more question to end the the interview with. Uh, for the people listening to this who are, let's say, they're just getting started or they're sitting on some sort of web property that's doing reasonably well, but they want to ramp it up and start bringing on employees and and taking to the next level and in particular the, the guys and, and girls out there who run web properties where their main uh, revenue stream is either or both advertising and uh, selling information products since that's what you guys do predominantly now uh, especially with SitePoint at least you know what what would you say is, is the, the best advice you can give to them like what's what are the key functions of your company that make it work and and what should they focus their time on so I'd, I'd start off by looking at what you spend most of your time on um, that you don't enjoy and hiring someone to fill that role uh, to begin with, um, whether that's you know marketing or writing content or dealing with authors and contributors to your website or dealing with customer support. Um, just find whatever you dislike the most and you're not passionate about and find someone who do a great job at it um, and give them a lot of freedom to really grow into that role and develop their own methodology of working. Not everyone will always work the same way you have in the past. Everyone has their own viewpoint and approach to a job. And I think it's important that you give people enough freedom um, to reach your objectives and your goals within a defined framework without micromanaging them. I think it's one of the tough things for entrepreneurs is sort of letting go and not micromanaging stuff and just accepting that small bad things will happen um, and being okay with it. Okay, so people is the most important aspect of growth. Definitely, definitely. 
All right. You can't do everything yourself, that's for sure. Yeah, but you can do a lot from your home office and, and still and be in charge of a fairly large company. Absolutely, <laughs> especially if you spend a lot of time on planes and hotel rooms traveling. Okay, I, I'm just curious. What, what car are you driving today, uh, Matt? I just have an Audi. Nothing uh, too fancy. Yeah, what kind? Like an R8? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, Matt, thank you for that. Now, if anyone wants to check out your websites, uh, we've mentioned them several times. It's sitepoint.com. We've got flippa, F-L-I-P-P-A.com, and 99, that's 99designs.com to check out everything going on in your world. Cool. Uh, thank and you just for, your... for uh, just for the fun of it, I haven't done this before, but let's give it a try and see what happens. Um, if anyone posts a project on 99designs before July 15th, and sends me an email, I'll apply a whole bunch of free upgrades to their project and save them a whole bunch of money. All they have to do is email me personally, matt at 99designs.com with the URL of their 99designs project and mention that they listen to this interview. I'll be cool. Let's see what happens. <laughs> okay, well, that was completely unplanned. So thanks, Matt, for uh, <laughs> offering that little incentive at the end of this uh, interview. So that's matt at 99designs.com. Send as much uh, email once you've got your 99designs project up, and you'll get some bonuses. So that's cool. Thank you, Matt, for taking the time today. I appreciate uh, learning more about how you got started. I'm extremely jealous, to be honest. You know, 16 and driving a Beamer and having a profitable website. That's incredible. So Great story, interesting time in the world of the internet marketing, and uh, yeah, good stuff, and of course, good luck in the future. For Thank anyone, you. For everyone else listening, if you're keen on hearing more interviews with experienced and successful uh, marketers and entrepreneurs like Matt, please head to my blog, entrepreneurs-journey.com, or you can Google my name, Yaro, Y-A-R-O, and find uh, all the content there. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you on a future interview. Bye-bye.